grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to begin with one of two stories about my father. He loved working on his cars. It was the 70s. It was the era that you could work on a car and actually adjust the timing and do those things. Now you can't even seem to change the oil on your car. It was different back then. We had a garage out back. It wasn't attached to the house. Most of his tools were in the basement. Well, I was young. I loved to help my father out there. He needed some needle nose pliers. I said, Mark, can you run to the basement, get the needle nose pliers? I go into the basement, I come back, I hand him a wrench. He goes, no, needle nose pliers. The, you grab them, they're pointing on the end. I go running back into the basement, I come out, regular pliers. No, I get closer. The, the pointy ones, the smaller, the pointy ones. This went on for a bit as he patiently waited that over and over again, I got it wrong. Until finally, I did manage to bring him the right tool. Today's gospel lesson feels a bit like that moment with my father. It's what's often called the reinstatement of Peter. Well, why are we here? Well, Peter had blown it. He had blown it many times, but most recently, Peter, I tell you, before this very night is ended, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he did. As I said, this isn't the first time Peter had blown it. Jesus has the little children gathered around him. Peter and the other disciple try to keep the children and the babies away from Jesus. Peter sees Jesus walking out on the water. He runs out and, and walks on the water, but then he gets afraid and he sinks after doubting. Peter and the other disciples argue, which one of us is the greatest? Peter speaks up on the Mount of Transfiguration and suggests that they need to build a three shelters, a one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. When Jesus tells the disciples that he must suffer and die, Peter responds, may this never happen to you. And Jesus severely rebukes Peter, get behind me, Satan. Peter resists when Jesus is saying that he's going to wash Peter's feet. No, you shall never wash my feet. Peter fails to stand by Jesus' side and falls asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane before Jesus is killed. That's just the highlights of Peter blowing it. Have you ever blown it? You ever made that poor decision? Have you ever failed someone, that unkept promise? Have you ever betrayed a secret that someone shared with you? Have you ever done that thing that you know you weren't supposed to do, but 
You did it anyway. Have you ever put yourself in a situation that you know you shouldn't even put yourself in the situation and then you fall into temptation? The answer? Sure you have. We all have. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when you did, how did you feel? Imagine Peter that morning. You know it's rattling around in the back of his head still that whole denying Christ three times. Peter knows it. Does Jesus know it? Gee, maybe he's forgotten about it. Oh no, maybe he hasn't. What am I going to do? Maybe I shouldn't be here at all. All of these other disciples, all these other people are faithful and I'm not. He was feeling all the same thoughts that we do. Peter was a broken disciple who needed help. They're all a bit confused. They're overwhelmed. They've seen Jesus, but they still can't process things. Peter, along with the rest of the disciples, are trying to do what's comfortable. They're confused. They're overwhelmed. So what do they do? Let's go back to our old jobs. Let's go fishing. It's comfortable, it's the familiar, it's what they grew up doing, so they revert back there. But Jesus isn't going to let them off that easy, especially Peter. In light of the resurrection, they can't return to their old ways. They have a new life, they have a new calling, they have new meaning, they have new purpose. So there's this wonderful, miraculous catch of fish, so much that it could have torn those nets. Good old impetuous Peter has to hurl himself into the water again. But then they they sit on the beach. Jesus has prepared breakfast for them. And then when they had finished breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lamb. Second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Oof. He remembers. Ah. He knows. Busted. What is he thinking? Now what? Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. There's a new life. When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will dress you. And carry you where you do not want to go. Well, that's encouraging. But 
Peter has a mission. He has a purpose. And it's not easy. But Jesus has been preparing him for this all along. Follow me. And, and that follow me is that call again that Peter is a fully forgiven, fully disciple. Forgetting what is behind, striving for what ahead. Follow me. It's not a probationary period. He's not sort of, uh, let's see how you do and whether we keep you or not. You are a disciple. We're in this together, me and you. I lead, you follow. Together by God's grace and power, Peter would do amazing things. But six weeks later, Pentecost, we celebrate that gift of the Holy Spirit And the people are confused about what's going on and they hear all these different languages and the tongues of fire and they're confused. Who speaks that beautiful summary of the gospel and of the entire scriptures? Peter. Days later, they're they're called before the Jewish council who are questioning what they're doing and what's going on. This is the same group on which Jesus was on trial, but weeks before, they've seen them execute Jesus while Peter's outside denying. And yet it's Peter who stands up before them with a beautiful, full proclamation of salvation in Jesus Christ. You see, the grace and the power of Jesus transforms and empowers God's people to fully be the people that God has gifted us to be. And it's a great opportunity for us to talk about our life together. Today is that new beginning. My first Sunday here as your pastor Our first Sunday, our first week working together. Nervous? I am. How's it going to go? What are we going to do? What's it going to be like? Is pastor going to find out that I... Are you going to find out that I... We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. There are things in all of our past that maybe we're ashamed of. Things in our past that that we wish didn't happen or we want to be forgotten. Today is a clean start. Not because I'm here, but because every Sunday is that clean start. What did I say just Minutes ago, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Those are gone, gone forever. When we baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, we are new creations. We're about to receive the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in communion. Each Sunday, The body of Christ for you. 
as that forgiveness comes to you in a real and personal way, as God says, I love you, I forgive you, we start anew together. That is the joy of being a follower of Christ. That's the joy of God's renewing forgiveness. Like Peter, we begin anew with God's grace that covers the past, and we move forward in the power of the gospel with mission and purpose. May God, by his grace, grant that to us all. In Jesus' name, amen.